Spiritualism is a belief system or religion which claims that spirits of the dead residing in the spirit world have both the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. Anyone may receive spirit messages, but formal communication sessions or seances are held by mediums who can then provide information about the afterlife. Spiritualism reached its peak growth from the 1840s to the 1920s. Harriet Wilson is considered the first African-American of any gender to publish a novel on the North American continent, as well as the author of the first novel by an African-American woman. Her novel, Our Nig, or Sketches from the Life of a Free Black, was published anonymously in 1859 in Boston, Massachusetts, but it was not widely known at the time. It was rediscovered in 1982 by a Harvard scholar named Henry Louis Gates Jr., and that led to the publication of a facsimile edition in 1983. Harriet went by the nickname Hattie, and her maiden name was Adams. She was born a mixed-race, free person of color in Milford, New Hampshire on March 15, 1825. Harriet Adams was the daughter of Margaret Ann, or Adams Smith, who was a washerwoman of Irish ancestry, and Joshua Green, her dad, was an African-American hooper of barrels. Joshua Green died when Harriet was very young, and her mother abandoned her at the farm of Nehemiah Hayward Jr., who was a wealthy Milford farmer. Because Harriet was considered an orphan, she was ordered by the courts to remain as an indentured servant to the Hayward family. This was a customary way for society to arrange support for orphans at that time. The intention was that in exchange for labor, the orphan child would receive room, board, and training in life skills so that she could later make her way in society. Researchers have been able to document that the Haywards were the family referenced in Our Nig as the Belmonts and that they physically and mentally abused Harriet from the age of 6 to 18. The family called her Nig. After her indentured servitude ended, Harriet worked as a house servant and a seamstress in households in southern New Hampshire and central and western Massachusetts. Harriet married Thomas Wilson in Milford on October 6, 1851. Wilson had been traveling around New England giving lectures based on his life as an escaped slave. Although he continued to periodically lecture in church in town squares, he told Hattie that he had never been a slave and that he used his story to gain support from abolitionists. Wilson abandoned Harriet soon after they married. Pregnant and ill, she was sent to Hillsborough County, New Hampshire Poor Farm in Goffstown, where her only son George Mason Wilson was born. His probable birth date was June 15, 1852. Soon after George's birth, Wilson reappeared and took the two away from the poor farm. Wilson returned to sea, where he served as a sailor and died soon after. Now a widow, Harriet Wilson could not make enough money to support herself and her son and provide for his care while she worked. She returned her son George to the care of the poor farm, where he died at the age of seven on February 16, 1860. Seeking a means to earn a living, Wilson moved to Boston, where she wrote a novel she titled Our Nick. On August 18, 1859, she copyrighted the novel, and a copy of it was deposited in the office of the clerk of the U.S. District Court of Massachusetts. On September 5, 1859, the novel was published anonymously by George C. Rand and Avery, 
a Boston publishing firm. The first novel published by an African-American woman, Our Nig recounts the life of Fredo, short for Alfredo, a biracial girl left by her parents to be raised by a prominent Milford, New Hampshire family in the 1830s and 1840s. Fredo endures a childhood of deprivation and isolation as an African-American child, not quite a slave, but certainly not free, in an antebellum New England town. The abuse Fredo suffered at the hands of her mistress illustrates Wilson's then-controversial claim that blacks might be mistreated in the free North as they were in the slaveholding South. It is a compelling tale. Wilson chronicles the racial prejudice that permeated a community despite the presence of famous abolitionists in their activities in and around Milford. It has been suggested that Our Nig did not receive critical acclaim when it was first published because it did not conform to the contemporary genre of the slave narrative, which was the main form of African American literature in the 19th century. Slave narratives were written by a number of former slaves, including Harriet Jacobs and Frederick Douglass, and those narratives told of their enslavement and their ultimate escape to freedom and a better life. Those tales were publicized by abolitionists to illustrate the evils of slavery. Our Nig's central theme is the injustice of the indentured servitude system and the white racism experienced by a free black in the northern United States before the Civil War. It has been suggested that abolitionists may have consciously decided not to promote Our Nig because the novel recounts incidents of bigotry by whites toward the free African American in the free states. No redeeming quality here. In 1863, Harriet Wilson's name appeared on the report of the overseers of the poor for the town of Milford. In 1867, she was listed in the Boston spiritualist newspaper Banner of Light as living in East Cambridge, Massachusetts, where she had become involved with the spiritualist church. Spiritualism is a belief system or religion which claims that spirits of the dead residing in the spirit world have both the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. Anyone may receive spirit messages, but formal communication sessions or seances are held by mediums who can then provide information about the afterlife. Spiritualism reached its peak growth from the 1840s to the 1920s. Harriet Wilson became active in the local spiritualist community, and to earn a living, she gave lectures, either while entranced or speaking normally, for which she was paid. She spoke at camp meetings, in theaters, and in private homes throughout New England, and she shared the podium with well-known speakers such as Victoria Woodhull and Andrew Davis Jackson. Wilson subsequently moved across the Charles River to the city of Boston, where she became known in spiritualist circles as the colored medium. From 1867 to 1897, Wilson was listed in the Banner of Light as a trance leader and lecturer. In 1870, she traveled to Chicago as a delegate to the American Association of Spiritualist Convention. Wilson also delivered lectures on labor reform and children's education. Although the texts of her talks have not survived, newspaper reports imply that she often spoke about her life experiences, sometimes providing humorous commentary. When she was not pursuing spiritualist activities, Wilson was also employed as a nurse and clairvoyant physician or healer. On September 29, 1870, Wilson married John Gallatin Robinson, who was an apothecary of English and German descent. He was nearly 18 years younger than she was. From 1870 to 1877, they resided at 46 Carver Street, after which it appears that they separated. After that date, city directories list Wilson and Robinson in separate lodgings in Boston's South End. No record has been 
found of a divorce, but divorces were infrequent at that time. Wilson continued to be active in the spiritualist community. During the 1870s, she was involved in the organization and maintenance of Children's Progressive Lyceums. Those were the spiritualist church's equivalent of Sunday schools. She organized Christmas celebrations, she participated in skits and playlets, and sometimes she sang as part of a quartet. She was also known for her floral centerpieces and candy she made for the children. Despite Wilson's long and eventful life after our nig, there is no evidence that she ever wrote anything else for publication. For nearly 20 years, from 1879 to 1897, she was the housekeeper of a boarding house in a two-story dwelling at 15 Village Street in the south end of Boston. She rented out rooms, collected rents, and provided basic maintenance. On June 28, 1900, Harriet Wilson died at age 75 in the Quincy Hospital in Quincy, Massachusetts, and she was buried in that town's Mount Wollaston Cemetery. In 1982, Our Nig was rediscovered by professor and scholar Henry Louis Gates Jr., and the novel gained national attention when he confirmed that it was the first novel by an African American to be published in the United States. Until then, the novel and its author had been forgotten. Only 42 copies of the original edition are known to exist. In 2006, professors William L. Andrews and Mitch Katchen stated that Julia C. Collins' The Curse of Caste, or The Slave Bride from 1865, should be considered the first truly imagined novel by an African American to be published in the U.S. They argued that Our Nig was more autobiography than fiction. Gates responded that numerous other novels and other works of fiction of the period were in some part based on real-life events events and were, in that sense, autobiographical, but they were still considered novels. Examples include Ruth Hall by Fanny Fern, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott, The Coquette by Hannah Foster. The first known novel by an African American was Clotel, or The President's Daughter, from 1853 by William Wells Brown. However, it was first published in the United Kingdom, where he was living at the time. In her article, Dwelling in the House of Oppression, the spatial, racial, and textual dynamic of Harriet Wilson's Our Nig, Lois Levine argues that although the novel is about a free black in the North, the free black is still oppressed. Excerpts from Our Nig shortly after Fredo's indentured servitude begin, quote, Fredo was called early in the morning by her new mistress. Her first work was to feed the hens. She was shown how it was always to be done, and in no other way. Any departure from this rule was to be punished by a whipping. She was then accompanied by Jack to drive the cows to pasture so she might learn the way. Upon her return, she was allowed to eat her breakfast, consisting of a bowl of skimmed milk with brown bread crusts, which she was told to eat standing by the kitchen table, and must not be over ten minutes about it. Meanwhile, the family were taking their morning meal in the dining room. In my next episode, I'm going to talk more about spiritualism and how it got started and how it developed into a religion and how it survives today. As I've already mentioned, Harriet Wilson was a member of the spiritualist community and she was very involved in the practice and the lectures that were given. There are so many things about Harriet Wilson's life that I feel like I can relate to. I think it's pretty interesting that she lived in the areas that I live in. She was born in Milford, New Hampshire, which is an area that I'm very familiar with because my youngest son lives near there. So we've gone to restaurants in that area. We've hung out at the parks and all of that stuff. And I'm sure I've probably seen 
seen this statue and I just didn't know what it was. So I'm definitely going to go back so I can revisit the statue and honor Harriet. I think it's just devastating and crushingly tragically sad that her little boy passed away and later in life she was very involved with children so it shows that she probably really wanted to be a mom i mean the pain of losing a child is just indescribable i'm sure that's really sad but i think it's also pretty fascinating that despite all of the struggles in her life and all of the trauma that she had been through she managed to find happiness she seemed to actually be happy with the things that she was involved with in the spiritualist community and the things that she did with the children and stuff like that. So it's not that her whole life is a tragic story. It's kind of a story of perseverance and of survival. So in that way, I find it empowering. Thank you very much for taking the time to learn more about Harriet Wilson with me. I hope you found this informative and empowering. And again, thank you very much for listening to Path of a Green Witch podcast.